so my my goal was just to get like a baseline of stamina so that I could run for like an hour or an hour and 15 minutes like without any problems right and then once I got to that like established level then kind of start the training process of like ratcheting things up a little bit more intentionally so but for a long time I, I didn't like think of myself as like training I was just kind of um just like trying to get very slowly over a long period of time like months and months and months just like trying to build up that base stamina and then once mm -hmm. I was probably like like four months out I guess start like being a little bit more intentional about like okay on Saturday morning I'm gonna like go for run for farther than I have or longer than I have in the past um yeah because my goal was like to my goal has always been to just like have a consistent routine that I can rely on and that I feel good about. And then any variation in that, whether that's towards um, like uh, running more for a half marathon or running less because of an injury, I can like come back from it pretty easily. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I imagine I'll probably revert back to a norm of like running, running for like, you know, an hour or so a day. Um, so gotcha. that's kind of the plan. That sounds, so you didn't follow a specific, like, a specific routine or anything. Um, the so only, how did you treat, how did you treat those four months once you got that base stamina, then you went into like four months of being intentional. You just said this day, I'm going to run longer and push myself a little bit. And you just did that periodically until you felt um, like you could run the full, the full 13. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of. Um, hmm. I don't know if that's the wisest thing to do, but that's kind of how, I mean, sounds like it went well. You didn't have any, you said you didn't like feel necessarily like any injuries through the run. You didn't, that you had to push through or, um, how, how was it your energy wise and like mentally, did it take a toll on you or did you feel like you were pretty, pretty well prepared for it? I mean, you can only prepare so much, I think, um, unless you're running like a half marathon, like, <laughs> you know, every two or three yeah. months or so, you know, it's like, you could only do so much. So like, did you feel adequately prepared though? I think so. Yeah. So the race was really kind of atypical for me. First of all, I think my longest run before the race was an hour and probably 45 to 50 minutes, maybe. Okay. So just under being, two hours. Yeah. So, and which ended up being close to like the time that I ended up running the, the actual race. Really? Um, okay. So, uh, I think it was probably around like 12 miles or something was my longest run before the race, okay. but that the actual race itself was weird because, um, I ran the first half with my younger sister, Emma, who was running at a much slower pace than I tend to do. Um, yeah. so I ran like the first seven or so miles with her, I think. And my goal had been to run under two hours and nice by the time we got to the end of that seven miles, the two hour, there was like a pacer with the two hour stick or whatever, who was like pacing the two hour time. And, uh, that person was like way in front of us. They had like passed us mm. pretty early on. And, um, so the whole second half of the race for me was like very fast because I was trying to catch back up to that. Oh my God. <laughs> it was really fun. Honestly, it made it, it made it like a game and it made it go by really mm. quickly. Cause I was just like, yeah, I was trying to catch up with him and I caught back up yeah. with him at like 11 mile, mile 11, I think, or something like that. Wow. Um, wow. 
but it, it was really fun. And so the, the first half was very chill. Like I could have run that pace for days, but then mm. the second half was like really pushing myself such that when I got to the end, I was like pretty beat. Um, so yeah, I think the training worked out pretty good. It was a pretty nice, like amount to do beforehand, I think. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That sounds great. Um, so you're itching to do it again, huh? Yeah. I'm super excited. Um, do you have plan? Do you have plans for trying for a full or you want to just kind of not even think about that right now? I think I'm going to kind of chill on the half for a while and then maybe reevaluate later. Um, yeah, I'm not totally jazzed on like how hard a full is on your body. Um, yeah, you, after you read Jake's Strava post, I think, uh, I think you'll still be interested in it, but maybe it'll just kind of reinforce some of the things you just said. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but I, I mean, have, I, 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 I think able that you'll to, like, do it do at one point marathon. just to say, you've done I, it, I you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe being able to just like do a half marathon, like not with not out too much difficulty, like mm. occasionally feels like yeah. a nice, like livable, like way of doing things for me without having to take too much of a toll on your body and then have to recover for months. And you'd rather, you'd rather just have kind of a normal, like healthy running uh, consistent life, um, rather yeah. than like trying to push yourself too much in I order so. to like risk injuries and things like that. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back into that consistent for me. It's just finding the time and yeah. making sure I do it. Um, yeah. So if I can get back into that, um, then we'll, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. But, um, I don't know. I, so you, you, you tend to see, I focus more on mileage. I want to like, mm-hmm. I want to run like a certain mile mark, um, during a run. And that's interesting that you were saying that you just want to run for the, you were running for the time you want to yeah. be comfortable at an hour, an hour and a half. Um, so that's an interesting way to look yeah. at it. Um, Cause that gave me, that gave me like the flexibility of like, say I was having a bad day. Like, you know, yeah. I, my body just wasn't feeling it even if my body was not feeling it, I could still just like suck it up and like trot basically for an hour. Mm. And that like fulfills my requirement without like having to kind of like beat myself up about not reaching my goal. But if I was feeling really good, I could do that hour really quickly. And so it gave me, it just felt like it gave me a little bit more leeway. Um, Hmm. Maybe, maybe mileage does the same thing too, but I don't know. This felt felt nice for me, but I would, I would just say just in my biggest advice and, not that I have like a ton of wisdom to draw from, but like, don't, I wouldn't, yeah. Think about any kind of race. I would just focus on like trying to enjoy yourself and like yeah, make it find like a pace that is fun for you to do so that you're not just like dragging yourself out the door so that you actually want to do it. And once you can kind of like establish a way of doing it, that is actually enjoyable, then it's much easier to like ramp up mileage or whatever. Hmm. Good. Oh, uh, did you record? Are are we recording what? right now? What? Wait, is there is there a listener in in the chat? <laughs> are you there? Can you hear us? Wait, listeners? Oh, yell oh. as loud as you can. Yell as loud as you can. We might hear you. Blink twice if you can hear us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're here. Wow. Uh, we're so oh, sorry. Wow. We're so sorry about that, listeners. You've been oh. wow. Uh, just hearing us. Embarrassing. Yeah. Just kind of going on about our our running lives, but um. Well, I guess welcome to the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. This is a podcast yes. about the Fantasy Premier League and our mini league within it. 
Welcome. We're welcoming ourselves to um, we're <laughs> welcoming ourselves in it. We didn't know we were here until now. Um, it's me, Evan. And it's me, Taylor. <laughs> and we're here to talk about, uh, yeah, uh, all things fantasy Premier League. Um, Evan, we can skip, skip the, the normal intro chat because we've had an extended intro chat accidentally. <laughs> wow. Accidentally. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Uh, cool yeah um evan do you have a pulled up what's on the docket for us today or would you like me to go over that uh you go go for it and then i'll jump into the to the first league table perfect um so listeners we've got a couple things slated for you today the first thing is to run down both the regular and the zombie league tables and uh we have a little bit i was shocked to read the zombie league table standings currently so uh, maybe you will be as well if you're not paying attention um and then we will uh give out a couple of kudos from the game week uh evan's got a couple four to be precise oh wow a gener a generous uh a benevolent dictator. Generous uh, four. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yes i withhold <laughs> i withhold the corn um <laughs> but then occasionally occasionally i'll give you an entire feast on a feast um, on a feast day uh, it's corn wow <laughs> and then uh uh we're gonna answer your questions from uh from discord and then lastly we have a new i feel like we've been kind of um trying out a bunch of new segments recently but they've been what's yeah. coming to mind our segment this week is called scratch my back um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when uh, we get to it. But with that in mind, Evan, do you want to run us down the regular table and then I'll run down the uh, zombie league? Yeah, we'll gladly do that. So I've got it pulled up in um, live FPL because I don't know if the Premier League website has it fully updated yet um, because we did have games today. And so there is a little bit of a delay, but um, I do have an accurate league table for our normal league. Um, and Big moves. First place, we have the Bruce Matthews, William Spicer. Um, congratulations, William, on that. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute, I think. Um, yep. Second place, uh, dropping down, is by Jingo, by G, by, by G. I, I still don't know. Uh, Wyatt Keener. Um, in third place, yours truly, Evan Estes, with 15 Fieris. Uh, in fourth place, we've got Salt Lake City FC, Evan Hare. Uh, in fifth place, we've got another Hare, iTest Incorporated. Your other truly, Taylor Hare. Uh, in sixth place, dropping down, is Fantasy Premier League, Jerry Groff. In seventh place, moving up uh, one spot, is Father, Son, Holy Kane, Ethan Utterback. Or Uterbach. Um, unclear. Unclear there as well. There's lots of names in here that I probably am messing up. In eighth place, uh, moving up one place again, uh, Eves Babuma, Eli Estes. Uh, in ninth place, uh, dropping a few slots is Tim Griffith Scuderia Sons. Scuderia Sons, no one knows. Um, tenth place, uh, we've got Uber Cleats, Robert Griffith, and then eleventh place, Naptown FC, Reed Zimmerman. All right, and uh, for your zombie league standings, um, and listener, this is this was the shocker to me. First of all, that. Um, in number one place in the zombie league is, um, well, Spicer's the Bruce Matthews, uh, that places him in first place in both the zombie and regular leagues. And 
a couple other things about that. He has a 60-point lead over second place in the Zombie League currently. <laughs> and uh, also, he has more points than he does in the regular league. So our leader, <laughs> our leader for the Zombie League is currently outpacing the leader for the regular league. So if that Speaking doesn't Speaking of uh, it, races, that, yeah. We're all behind the the we're all behind the pacer. We need to catch uh, up. The zombie pacer. <laughs> if that doesn't make you feel terrible about your fantasy Premier League experience, I don't know what will. Um, and then uh, in second place, we've got Rob Griffiths, Holland's Haunts, um, who racked up, I guess, I suppose, let me go in here. Uh, yeah, so he captained Holland. He scored 94 points this week in his zombie league. Um, wow. So that's pretty incredible. Uh, and then in third place, we've got... Uh, wow, a lot of people change their names, I feel like. Um, Huck Van, no, no jobs, no hope, no cash. Um, <laughs> that is new. What? Um, in fourth place, we've got uh, me with Mummy Daddy Mummy. In fifth place, we've got Evanestis with Graveyard Grillers. Um, in sixth place, we've got Ethan Uderbach with Father, Son, Holy Cain. In seventh place, we've got Reed Zimmerman with Jesus Saves or Jesus Saves. Um, in eighth place, we've got Eli Esters with Reich's Raggy Rombies. In ninth place, we've got Tim Griffith with Company Juggernoggin, which I don't remember from before either. <laughs> Me either. And then, yeah, and then in tenth place, we've got Rary Groth with Necromancers. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so there's a huge disparity in our zombie league. Our leader is 538 points, and our 10th place is 289 points. So a real, uh, real, um, you know, unequal distribution of wealth there in the zombie league. <laughs> yeah, we need to start a new world order. Um, yeah, clearly. Evan, okay, wanna, well, let's move out on. Your kudos? Let's give out some kudos for the game oh, week. I can't wait. Got four. All right, so we will have to start with the the big one uh, and of course <laughs> you know where i'm headed but it is um the mad lad madison award uh given to william spicer um for uh picking james madison and uh sticking with that uh that lester midfield of madison and barnes yeah, who also got uh, who got eight points, Madison with 18. Um, and I think everyone else was just overlooking Lester because they're so bad, but they've been scoring goals. Um, and, you know, they were playing a Nottingham Forest team. And so Spicer used that to catalyst him up, to, uh, catapult him up to first. Um, so yeah, great, great job, Spicer, with the Mad Lad Madison Award. Yeah. Um, in uh, do you have anything to say or? Uh, no, I just want to say I mean I feel like we lightly shamed him for that choice last week, and so it's uh, it's nice <laughs> to get our comeuppance in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to the second award. Uh, this one is the titled against the run of play award Uh, and this works on this on this works on a couple of levels but this one this award is going out to jerry groth for picking Mm -hmm. leander trossard nice Um, so one thing that's interesting to note is jay brought leander trossard in before um game week seven and uh, and then but uh what happened was 
that was the week that the queen died, right? So there were no games. Yeah, I think so. And so, <laughs> so he brought him in. Already doesn't get any points from him because you know he did, nobody played whatever. Um, so that was almost a wasted transfer in a way because you know something could have happened. He could have gotten hurt or whatever. Um, but then in game week eight, Trossard doesn't play again because there's I don't know why there's like three or four canceled games. There's a rail um, because strike, of yeah. like police. Oh, that that oh. I think the first one was a rail okay. strike, and then it was the queen dying. I think that was like the order. No, no, no. It was the queen dying, and then the minimal game week. Because I thought it was oh. because of the police. There was too. There was not enough police in Manchester for the Manchester game. Oh, um, that might that might be it. But there also might have been a rail strike that also affected it. But anyway, um, yeah. So didn't get it. So brings him in. Doesn't get doesn't get him played for game week seven or game week eight. Then in game week nine, playing against Liverpool. Now, granted. You got to remember some backstory. Jerry Groth had subbed out Salah for Trossard. Wild, so Trossard, wild choice. <laughs> wild choice. Uh, now Trossard is up against Liverpool, which, granted, they're having like a bit of a downer of a season. But I mean, Brighton already haven't played in weeks. They have a new manager. And they have a new manager. Yeah, exactly. Oh uh, so he sticks. So he he doesn't do what I did. I benched Pascal Gross. Um, Jerry Gross sticks to his guns. Trossard gets the hat trick, uh, 20 pointer. Uh, congratulations, Jerry Gross for yeah. the, uh, against the run of play award. Cause I don't think anyone expected, expected that. Nope. Especially the new manager. Okay. On to the next one. We have the trust the process award. Um, and this award is going out to Ethan Uderbeck for fathers. Uh, sorry. Um, for Phil Foden, mm. <laughs> Um, who he's had for quite a while, several weeks. Um, and uh, Foden has been looking dangerous. Um, it seems like he's been one of the favorites in the attack to kind of link up with Erling Hall and maybe get in and around the attack. Um, whereas maybe some of the other other wingers like Mares, of course, Bernardo Silva's kind of been in and out, even though he's been doing well. So it seems like Foden had been kind of in and around things for several weeks. Um, and instead of getting discouraged, Ethan kept Foden in um, and was greatly rewarded with a Foden 19-pointer. Yeah, incredible. Um, so, yeah, yeah, great stuff there um, from Ethan um, with Phil Foden, who I think uh, is someone I might consider when I wildcard, honestly. Yeah. Um, but we'll get there later. All right, and my last, my fourth and final award – um, I decided to give a little consolation to this one person just because um, it was a little bit of a, a different week that they're used to. Um, and that is the Dress to the False Nines Award. Um, and that's going to Wyatt Keener. Oh. Um, and that's because he actually, uh, he's one of the few people in our league that have made a <laughs> kit. <laughs> and I, and I think his is the best one. It's a, <laughs> he's it's put a the very most strange kit. It it's is also, a strange kit. He's got the support Russia. Uh, uh no, he sorry, doesn't. Support Ukraine. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, no, man, he he's got he's got that support Russia banner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the support Russia banner in there in the Premier League oh, app. I forgot on the website. I forgot you. You're right. You that. you get to choose. You choose. Yeah, you choose 
before you even make your team, who do you support, Ukraine or Russia? And Wyatt chose Russia. Um, <laughs> well, he does have a lot of red in his team, I'll be honest. Um, just looking at the players. But yeah, Wyatt Keener gets the Dress of the False Nines Award. Um, best kit in our league. So you never know. I might be keeping an eye on things. So feel free to make a kit. You never yeah. know what happens. You might get you might get an award. You might get a kudos. You might get a breadstick at the end of the year. I don't know. Who knows? I just love dropping in those breadsticks every now and then. Anyway, um, so those are my those are my kudos for the game week. Congratulations to all. Nice, awesome. Uh, so the next thing on our itinerary for today is to uh, answer some questions, um, and these may kind of overlap with some of our our final segment, um, in which we'll kind of dive into, uh, kind of each, each other's teams a little bit more specifically. Um, but we'll let that happen as it may. Um, the first question, and this is maybe the toughest question. So get ready is, um, is this is from Spicer is investing in top dog. That is 6 million and up defenders worth it. And we might say like still worth it. Um, yeah, because they were something tells something tells me this is this is the question that you are kind of going over in your own mind currently based on your team. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so what, I mean, what are your I started, reactions? I started with a very beefed up backline for my for my specific team because um, I thought the defense was going to come in big, big at the back, as they say. I thought that was going to go well. Um, is it still, is it still worth it? Um, I think so. Yes. I think you just, I don't think as many, I think maybe, I think you can have like two, I think there's like two or three picks that are worth it in the game. Maybe max. Um, and I think the only two might be Cancelo and James possibly. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think yes, they're they they are worth it if you pick the right ones. And I think there's only a couple that are, um, I think there's only a couple that are out there that are worth it. Um, yeah. Being those two, what do you think? I mean, I'm gonna basically have the same reasoning, but answer no, which is to say, mm, yeah, it's not that they're all not. It, it's that it's you know they're worth it on a case by case basis. So like. Cancelo is still worth it. I was just listening to a podcast that mentioned the fact that Cancelo has just as many points as Phil Foden throughout this season, and he's 1 million less. So it's like he's still a viable FPL option. James could be, right? Chelsea has a good run of games coming up. Um, yeah. But it's like the con- as a concept, it seemed like at the beginning right. of the season, we had just all bought into the concept of the expensive defender as kind of ipso facto being a value pick. Um, and I don't think that's the case anymore because I think Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah. is not really in that zone. Robertson's not really in that zone anymore um, because it doesn't seem like teams are keeping as many clean sheets this season as they did last season. So, um, or at least not the big teams. And so, and the fact that there are so many cheaper defenders who are doing well, like, you know, your your best performing defenders in the game are not your top dogs. It's Saliba and Trippier and um, Shar and people like this. So I'm going to say no, although yeah. there are, as you say, there are maybe two options that are still in that 
price bracket that are still worth it. Yeah, I think from and Spicer tends to think of things from like a strategy perspective. And so if you're thinking of loading up on premium, I think just in general, premium defenders as a strategy is not a good one anymore. So yeah, no, no. I guess the answer to that is no from a general general sense. But and even then, James, you still have to kind of keep an eye on he may not be worth it. So you may just have like one option and that's Cancelo and it's pretty easy to fit one of those guys in, you know, it's not that hard. And I think that's good for the game that that's the case because there are like, you get so much more variation when people are putting money into the midfield and forward positions, because there's just more variation you can have between the, there's just more viable players. Whereas if everyone's playing Cancelo, Alexander Arnold, James, and you know, and trippier and yeah. yeah trippier then it's like not there's very little yeah everyone's got the same defense yeah right yeah 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 that makes sense great question so my answer is uh, no but we're yeah kind of in the same on the same page yeah right? we'll say no on that um okay second question from spice are there any players that you've been watching and think goodness they are so close to something spectacular but they're getting a bit unlucky right now hmm hmm that is tough. I I feel like I feel like Spicer has an answer to this. So Spice, when you hear this, drop that in though. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you he probably has that's probably why he's asked. Um he's baiting us. But uh I don't, yeah, know. I don't I, know. I think I could put maybe Raheem Sterling in that bracket. I feel like he's got a lot more to give than <clears> he's given so far. Um I don't know if it's like spectacular. So I don't know if that directly answers the question, but he's a player who I'm waiting to kind of pop off eventually whenever whatever Potter is doing kind of clicks more fully with the players. I can see that. And now that he's got a a center forward to kind of play with, I think, I don't know. I think just having Aubameyang is going to be just in general better for their attack and for Sterling because I think Aubameyang is – versatile enough that you know he can he can you know receive stuff from sterling and score but also you know be able to provide some creativity that will allow sterling to maybe um find some spaces and uh chances i don't know uh, yeah. i think yeah i think that's a good one i think we were we were, we've all been kind of waiting on sterling to kind of show what he's worth because that was a pretty big big profile move over the summer the other player I have in mind, and I watched some of the um, uh, the Aston Villa Leeds game. Actually, quite a bit of it. It was an exciting game because um, Leeds went down to ten men really early on, or I guess it was probably around halftime and played the second half without with a uh, with ten men, and it was just so much fun to watch them like dig in and and kind of uh, keep Aston Villa to a draw. But I think uh, I'm waiting. I don't know if it'll happen. He maybe passed his his expiration date, but uh, Philippe Coutinho, I'm kind of waiting for him to come hmm. into form this season at some point. He had a couple of moments in that game. Like he had a shot that went off the post that was just like this spectacular volley from the edge of the box. It was so cool. Um, so it would be fun. I don't know if it'll happen, but it would be fun to see him really come into form again. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I can't really think of anyone else. Um, those two players, yeah, you know that they have quite a bit of talent there. They can do something. Um, 
I think if I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I have anyone. Um, nothing spectacular, at least. I think those are two very good, two very good options. And especially from a fantasy perspective, um, those are two players to watch too. Just kind of keep an eye on because they may, you never know. They may, with the right run of form or fixtures or whatever, they may come into a, a flurry of points. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, you could kind of say say the same thing for Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Um, uh. I mean, he's been so good for so long. At some point, he's going to decline. This might be the season, but I've been thinking that for the last two or three seasons, honestly. Yeah. Same. Um. So, I mean, they've got. I mean, they played today. They did well. Um. James Madison is obviously kind of going to be leading the creativity there and. He's so good. Harvey Barnes hopefully is able to like keep up some form, and then I think with that you may you may see some some points come in from Jamie Vardy. I think you, he may get on the score sheet some some more. I mean they've got Bournemouth next, so yeah, <laughs> they just played they just played Nottingham Forest and they won pretty handily. Um, they should probably beat Bournemouth fairly easily, um, and so you never know they they may. They may, uh, Jamie Vardy may pop off there, but I don't know. That's the only one I can think of. I mean, if I'm going to be selfish, I'm going to say Alex Awobi, but um, <laughs> that's Man, just me. Everton, Everton loves Alex Awobi these days. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's just he's just transformed as a player. Just been completely. He used to be so much on the periphery, and now he's so integral to that um, midfield creativity. So three assists already. You never know. He may. He may become more of a more even more of a creative player and chip in with some goals, but that's just me being selfish, probably. So. Yeah. How was the the Everton watch this weekend? I didn't watch any of it. Me and Spice watched it together, um, not physically, but virtually. Um, yeah, it was it, the first half. It was very. Um, it, it kind of felt a little rusty. It felt like neither team were really on it they weren't really clicking i mean it wasn't like clunky it was just sloppy like the teams like were trying to do things and like you could see like the movements and um there was like definitely like good build-up and uh, counter-attacking plays but the first half it just like everton everton were probably the better team in the first half they just couldn't do anything in the final third which is pretty typical for for us this season um and so, like, we just couldn't really get anything together there. Southampton had, like, a couple of attempts, like, and then and then all of a sudden Southampton scored um, pretty early on in the first half, and then we come back with two within, mm. like, a few minutes. So nice. it all happened very quickly, and then we were able to see it out. Southampton had almost twice as many shots as us um, by the end of it. But I think after we had scored a couple, we kind of just – we just didn't really – didn't really try to push too, too hard. Um, we had some attempts, but um, Lampard made some changes. It kind of threw things out of a uh, kind of threw things around a little bit. I think um, we were solid and then he did that and we just kind of were holding on for our lives towards the end. Um, they had lots of shots, um, but you know, we, we handled it pretty well. So nice. that's, that's kind of my key takeaways from that. I bet it feels um, good to not, play well and still get the win though 
I must say. Well, no, we did play well. I would say that we probably overall maybe deserved to win that mm-hmm. game because I don't mostly because I don't think I mean Southampton did have more shots, but I don't think that they played particularly well, especially the first half. I think we definitely outplayed them in the first half. Um but yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of a two teams that are not very um clean and crisp i guess Hmm. um in in several ways so yeah um for us it's in the attacking third and for them i think it's just kind of i don't really know what it is with them it feels like they kind of are weak and they don't really have like one strong part of their team i don't think i think they're all just kind of like eh, yeah for the most part i think they have like two or three that are like good good quality but for the most part they're just kind of lackluster so Hmm. yeah it was fine all right uh let's move on to the next question so uh rob asks are arsenal good enough to give city even a tiny scare hmm what do you think yes a tiny scare sure Uh, I'm going to say yes to that one Um, just because, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I don't think Arsenal are better than city and I don't think they're nowhere. Like, I don't think they're anywhere near as good as city, you know, city are such, they're just head and shoulders above them. But I would say when you think about how a team has to win the premier league, they don't have to be better than the best team. They just have to be better than uh, all of the other teams. And Arsenal, I think, could do that. So I think if they continued to beat the teams they're supposed to beat um, and even pull off results like they have against Spurs and continue to beat teams that are kind of in and around them as well, um, I think they will comfortably be the second best team in the league, maybe. Um, Second or third. I can't see them not, um, unless there's just like a bunch of injuries or something. But um yeah, I think that they could give them a tiny scare in the fact that they could um, continue to beat the teams they're supposed to and City drop points because they are known to do that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Are you thinking the same thing? I totally agree. I think I think exactly what you said about Arsenal beating the teams they're supposed to beat, basically picking up points kind of, you know, um, at a at a consistent pace then you, maybe you have some luck go your way at some point during the season. Like you get a cheeky win at Man City at some point, right? Could happen. Yeah. Um, or even a draw. Or a draw. <laughs> or or Erling Holland gets injured. Like something yeah. like this could happen such that what was just getting points consistently becomes like an actual viable title. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, can to- I can totally see that happening. They're, they're yeah, I think it's still too... Oh, I was just going to say, they're clearly, as you say, not as good. And they they don't have the ability to overpower teams in the way that City does. But as you say, that's not necessarily what it takes to win the league. Yeah, and I think it's too early to think that they're in a title race because um, I think City are going to walk the league this year. Um, but I do think it is possible if Arsenal are able to, to pull this off, um, to continue to put in results like this and just be better than those teams, then I think – um, I think probably come February, if they're still doing it, then you can really have that discussion. Yeah. Um, so. I would love it. I would honestly love it. If it oh, me like too. A, I think it would be great. Arte- Arteta versus Guardiola. Yeah. Oh. That would be incredible. Yeah. 
that would be so good. Um, I was just listening to a podcast that they were talking about Pep Guardiola possibly signing a new contract extension soon, which is just like so wild to think about that he could be in the Premier League for another like three Jeez. years or something. I know. Yeah, um, I I honestly didn't think he would be here, you know, that that long just because he's never really been anywhere that long. Yeah. Insane. Um all right. All right. Uh, last question. Last question. Was the sacking of Lodge, Bruno Lodge of Wolves, a good decision? Just this is a three-parter. Jeez. Um, was that a good decision? What does this mean for Wolves this season and next? Wow. <laughs> I don't even know that I can answer that. Um, and is there anywhere in the Premier League that would be a good fit for him? Um, well, uh, first one I would say was, is it a good decision? I would say, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. I want to say yes and I want to say no. I think. I yes. think it's early. I think it's early, but they've obviously been bad. Yeah, I think I think you can. There are. This is not always the case with managers. There are clearly times where this is not true, but I think there's a certain like arc where you can kind of tell that a team has been as good as they're going to be with a manager, and they're not going to get better. And I think mm. Bruno Lage was they on already, they already, was on was the quick. downside <laughs> of that arc. Yeah, and I think wow. I think the time scale fast. is different. I think the time scale is different for different coaches. Like, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if it would look the same for a different coach in that position, but I feel I get the sense that that's kind of how that was that was playing out for them, and that he wasn't going to get, you know, the the locker room back or whatever. Um, in terms then, of uh, his, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What does that mean for Wolves this season? Then and next, I think um, it means Wolves are going to be. Uh, lower mid table this season, and may even be in and around relegation stuff for a little bit. I, I don't think they'll go down. I don't think they'll go down, but I just because I think that there are worse teams. But you never know; they could be that third that third team, kind of like Everton were last year, um, in and around it. Yeah, I think I don't know what I don't know what that means for them next year. I don't know. <laughs> I do. I agree. I think they're going to be in that Everton position. And in terms of what it means for Lodge, and if there's another team in the premier league i don't think there's another team that would take him he's not i don't think he's he's that quality he's that well respected of a manager and i think it's partially because um wolves tend to hire Mm. managers differently than other teams which is like they mostly draw them from portuguese teams and they mostly are not necessarily like nuno or bruno lodge like weren't on the radars of other teams yeah, when they came in, they're like kind of coming for that specific job. So I don't get the sense that he's going to like stick around in the English game so much. Maybe in a lower league, but definitely not in the Premier League. Yeah, I, yeah. Based on what you said, I agree with that. That's that's probably that's probably right. I mean, I was trying to think if there's any teams that have recently s- sacked their manager or. Born, I mean, Bournemouth to... doesn't have a manager right now. They've got interim managers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um, that's what I was thinking of. Um, I mean, but I don't, I mean, I can't see them. Can't see them, like, picking him. Yeah. Yeah. That's That would be tough. I, w- I would imagine Bournemouth gets, like, some kind of successful manager from the championship. 
It's going to be like some classic, like, yeah, it's going to be some classic old guard co- <laughs> English coach. I think it could be. Like it's a, gonna be like a Neil, big Neil Sam, Warnock. Neil Warnock, Big Sam. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Tony Pulis. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm not. Wait, I'm not. Uh, wait, I'm hold not up. Who? Um. Wait, what about? Oh no, no, no! Never mind. He went to Watford. I was. I forgot about that. Um. Remember the guy that um. That used to coach at Crystal Palace. God, I'm blanking on his name now. Um, oh, um, um, uh, Roy Hodgson. Uh, Roy Hodgson, yeah, um, who retired and then <laughs> someone like that. Um, yeah. He he retired and they came out of retirement to <laughs> try to pull something together at Watford. Oh, my oh gosh. what a disaster! Is he still there? Surely not. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I, I cannot believe they picked him. That just seems like. What a weird, what a weird career arc. It's like you retire, you retire, and then a team is like, we'll pay you several million dollars to work for us for a couple of months if you can keep us from being relegated. And then you don't, and then you just leave. <laughs> I know. Wow. So weird. It must be it, it must be so weird as a manager and kind of comforting in a way to be like, I'll go to this. It, like it once you reach like Premier League level status, like Championship Premier League level, you can just go to whatever club. It, it honestly doesn't matter how well you do; you're going to get another job. Yeah, and for the most get, part, and you're going to get a fat payout because your contract will be at least yeah. two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how incredible! Like, just wild. Like, I can't think of any other. Like, imagine if I was like that. Like, oh yeah, I really like. I could just be so bad at my job. And not worry about it because someone will pay me buckets. Because to, yeah, because do... they hired you to to be there for two years, and if you don't, yeah. if you aren't there for two years, they still have to pay you that. They still pay me, and then I just go on to like another same level quality company and just do the same thing over and over. Just wild uh, stuff. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, those are those are your questions. Um, that was a tangent. Yeah, those are the questions. Um, what's next? Next, we've got uh, oh, the new stuff. Um, this is gonna be the hardest segment. Yeah, it is gonna be the. It's gonna take the most brain power on our part. So I hope you're ready, Evan. Um, I'm not. So basically, this is this whole this whole segment was uh, dreamed up by me as a way of getting Evan's direct input on my fantasy Premier League team. <laughs> Um, so that's full disclosure. That's the the impetus behind this. But basically, it's where we kind of imagine we were in the position that each other are in with our teams, and we give each other advice on our teams uh, based on imagining ourselves in that position. So the idea is, I scratch your back by giving you advice about your team, and then you scratch mine by doing the same for me. Does that make sense? Are you talking to me or the listener? <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking to you. I don't think I. Oh. To <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, good. I honestly wasn't sure. I agreed. I didn't, I didn't I agreed. explain it very. I didn't explain it. Oh, oh, yeah, clearly. you did. Yeah, you did. You did. You got. I got it. I got it. Uh, it's we're trying to do a little. Um, I don't know. One of those advice column things. Sure. An advice call column. Thing. Advice column thing. You call in and. Dear whatever, 
to you. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> let's do you want to go. go first or me? Um, I'll go first because uh, I think it'll be faster. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, and I'll be honest, I put more uh, more pre-pod time into the kudos. <laughs> as, as it should be. Um, and also you just have a good team is that's the problem is like, I think you have a good team. Um, so listeners, just so you know what I'm having to try to figure out the problems to this team, he's got Pope in goal, Reese James, Cancelo and Trippier in back. And then he's got Martinelli, De Bruyne, Zaha and Leon Bailey in midfield. And then Alexander Mitrovic, Holland and Kane up top. So, you can imagine that there's really not much room for improvement here, in my opinion. Um, because I think we talked about the defend the best defenders in the game earlier, and those are probably Cancelo, James, and Trippier at the moment. Like, if you had to pick three, those are probably the three that you pick. Um, so you've already done that. So I don't even know. At this point, it would just be uh, – it would just be like – I think maybe you would you could replace James for somebody, but that would just be like up in the air. Like I think James is the better shout, regardless. Like if you have to like roll a dice, you you go with James. Um, if you gamble on James or you know insert similar pick, I think it's always James. Pope and goal. It seems like Newcastle are going to be able to keep cleans, even though they lost it <laughs> at the very end of that game. Yeah, um, that was so frustrating. Pope's a good. Pope's a good keeper. Um, I don't know, man. So you've got like so so just to help you out like, here, I've got I've got two transfers, two free transfers this week. And so if okay, I don't yeah, make yeah. A, if I don't make a transfer, I'm just four. Oh no, 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 you'll you'll make a transfer. Don't worry, you'll we'll get there. You'll make a transfer. Okay, okay, good. But I don't know. Well, yeah. So just thinking about because you have so many like good players with like Holland and Kane are great picks. De Bruyne and Martinelli, good picks. Zaha, I think, is an un, like is a an underrated pick. Like I think he's been he's been good. Crystal Palace are good. Um, Mitrovic obviously is like a no brainer, except that he's hurt now. So the three places I'm looking for your team, Taylor, are uh, Mitrovic, Zaha, and Leon Bailey. Those are the mm-hmm. three that I have my eyes on um, as far as who to get rid of. Um, because I can't really think of too many players to bring in that are better than Zaha. And I looked at, um, the problem is Bailey is only four, (laughs) seven. Like you can't really, I don't know who you're going to get. Um, so Mitrovic, I'm thinking, this might be a little bit of a risky move if I'm being honest, because Mitrovic may come back next game. We can play 90. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't looked into his injury, um, but I'm thinking the obvious move, especially since you have two free transfers is to get rid of Mitrovic and Bailey downgrade Hmm. Mitrovic a little bit if you can and upgrade Bailey a little bit. Um, or, or another thing that you could do is maybe see if you could get rid of Bailey 
for another like four five four four person and mm-hmm. upgrade that Mitrovic slot, um, and then just start Andreas Pereira, and then sometimes yeah. Nico Williams. Although yeah. Nico Williams is a is not a good pick, I don't think. Um, he's fine for like being like first or second on your bench, but like you could start Andreas Pereira. Yeah. Um, now you could also toy around with seeing if you could um, drop Mitrovic and to like a four, five guy or whatever. Yeah. And then, and, um, and then upgrade that Bailey position or that Zaha position and still start Andreas Pereira. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, I think you, I think that's kind of where you go. I mean, I think you, the only time you get rid of Zaha, in my opinion, is if you're upgrading him. Um, otherwise, I stay. I say stick with Bailey and Mitrovic, um, mm-hmm. and we can look at some players that you can bring in. But um, I don't know what is what is your assess what is your assessment on my diagnosis? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I honestly wasn't even looking at, and I don't know why I wasn't really looking at this, but I wasn't looking at the Bailey position closely as a place to upgrade necessarily. Um, yeah. Partially because I'm not. Oh, sure. also, it's it's worth m- mentioning that you don't have anything in the bank either. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that makes that position kind of tricky. Somebody's um, not been saving. No. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So the the two things that I'm a little bit, and we've kind of answered one of these questions already. The two things I'm conflicted about are the Mitrovic situation. You know, obviously, yeah. don't know what his injury stuff is going to be. If he's not injured, I'll probably just keep him. I am a little bit ambivalent about Reese James. I know that they have good fixtures and that they don't have the game week 12 length. Um, but I'm still a little bit ambivalent about how he's been playing recently for Chelsea. And so okay. that's a place I'm kind of toying with, maybe taking a little bit of value out there and putting it in a place like Bailey or maybe upgrading Maybe if it's to mm. or something, I don't know. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, thoughts. the problem is, the problem is on that with Reese James, because that is a good idea to bring some funds from the James position, but you only have, you only have like three good starters at the moment. Yeah. And James is one of them. So you have to bring in a starter while also downgrading him. And yeah, that's a good point. I mean, so you could bring in, I mean, I'm just looking at some of these players. I mean, you know what? Let me what do what do Spurs what do their fixtures look like? Uh really good, I think. They've got well, they've got Brighton Brighton Everton, Brighton, Everton United, Newcastle, Bournemouth. Um, so that's not that mixed. good. That's mixed. It's a mixed bag, but um has Sessegnon been starting? Because that's uh, where I would. That's the first oh, place I would look. I don't remember. Um, if he nah, he didn't. He didn't. He played 19 minutes this weekend. Um, but he played 90 the the two games prior to that. Yeah. Um, so I don't that's know a little how too I risky. About, yeah, because they've got Matt or yeah Matt Doherty back too now mm-hmm. from injury. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're hard. They're hard to. 
they kind of chop and change things, especially on wingbacks. But I, I, totally I mean, buy could, the, I totally buy the idea that I shouldn't move from James. Honestly, well, okay. If this is bias again from me, um, and you can, you could maybe consider bringing in, um, ooh, you could bring in like Tarkowski. I would say Nathan Patterson if it wasn't if he wasn't injured. Mm-hmm. That would be the obvious choice. Um, you could maybe bring in like Tarkowski because he's definitely got that spot. He's not going anywhere. Um, he's only four four, and oh, wow. you might be you might be surprised to know that Everton have conceded the least amount of goals. Really, in the Premier League this season. That is amazing. Now, big caveat: we, like I said, we uh, we let up a ton of shots against Southampton. Hmm. So it's not like we're, it's not like we're, you know, bossing the ball and we're not letting them get any chances. Teams are getting chances against us. It's just that we have great defenders that will block and we've got Pickford. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I would consider it. If you, if you don't want James, I would consider dropping down to um, Tarkowski or honestly, even Cody. Cody's been getting up there with, um, as far as like chances hmm. to score like on corners and stuff. And he scored this weekend. So hmm. um, I don't know. I, maybe you go Cody. I mean, he's, he's four, uh, he's four, eight. So he's a little bit more expensive, but that would give you some, that would give you some money. That would give you some money to, to play with um, yeah. to upgrade that Bailey spot. And honestly, if you did that, I think that might be, that might be the way to go is, have two solid defenders have a th- have the third and fourth defenders kind of be rotational um, with one being a little bit better than the other or quite a bit better than the other. If you go like with an Everton defender or most other defenders are going to be better than Nico Williams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can upgrade that Bailey spot and then you still have Zaha and Mitrovic, like especially if Mitrovic is going to play. Um, I think yeah. if he's not going to play, just go ahead and ditch him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are, those are kind of my thoughts. Um, I don't really know who to bring in for. It depends on how much money you have for um, for that Leon Bailey spot. You could, um, I mean, it would be really nice if you could get Madison, but I don't think that that would be enough to get Madison. Unfortunately. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to get Madison at some point this season. I just don't see how I can make it work. In the, in you'd, the I, you'd have to get rid of Zaha. You'd have to get rid of Zaha. Which and is, I don't I'm, know that I'm you probably won. not going to be because I basically bought yeah. him for this stretch of games that he has coming up, which is like four games against really good opponents or really have, bad opponents, good opponents for him. Do you have um? Do you have three city? Uh, you do. Yeah, De Bruyne, Holland, yeah. and Kinsella. Okay, never mind then. I was going to say maybe bring in like Foden or something. Um, yeah. Or Bernardo, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe after the World uh, Cup is kind of what I'm thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, other than that, I think I think you just have a really, really good team. Um, I think it's probably where most people are. Like, I'm thinking about wild carding, so your thoughts are going to be very helpful. Um, so do we want to get into that now? Yeah, let's do uh, it. My team. Did I give you enough uh, to think about for your team? Oh, yeah. Did you have any sure. other questions, any lingering questions? No, I don't think so. That was basically 
you identified all the things yeah. that I was trying to think about and okay. help me kind of what I figured some of the the big problems, especially yeah, how I want to treat the Leon Bailey thing. Um, yeah, I think I think I don't know. I kind of think Bailey is the priority. I just I don't I just don't think he's a good pick right now. Yeah. Um. So your your team is very interesting because I mean, I think your team is actually more than interesting. I think it's fascinating because you're you're kind of right. <laughs> You're kind of right in the middle of what I would say is like a for sure wild card team and like yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah. wild card team. So just so that uh, listeners know, we've got uh, Allison in the back, and then uh, in defense we have Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, James, and Walker. Um, in the midfield we've got uh, Martinelli, De Silva, and Salah, and then up front we've got Mitrovic, Holland, and Jesus, and then on the bench we've got Ward, Gross. Andreas Pereira and Nico Williams um, and Allison, Allison and goal. Yeah. yeah Allison and goal. Um, so your reasoning, I could, I can totally see your reasoning for wanting to um, wild card. Wild card. <laughs> oh, I yeah. think one of, one of them is, is like the fact that you have two premium Liverpool assets in a season where Liverpool seems very uncertain. Um the defense sort of does look like the the defense from the beginning of the season a little bit, right? It's like yeah. it feels not not with the time so much, um, just because you have so much value there. Um, and then I feel like then, I'm on a, I feel like I'm on a makeover show right now, like, <laughs> like a house makeover show or or a um, or like a like actual like wardrobe makeover yeah, show, yeah, like queer eye or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then in the midfield there, you've got the Salah question. So like those, those to me are like the big kind of question marks. Um, and that makes sense why based on those things, you would want a wild card and just kind of start from scratch. Um, obviously this is a little bit dependent upon the Walker question and whether, I don't know how injured Walker actually is or not. Um, yeah. Well, if he's if he's actually injured, then that becomes a priority, I would say. Um, but I kind of I kind of don't think you should wild card. Really, you're gonna have to. You, I am convinced of wild carding, so you're really gonna okay. have to put in a lot of work here. Let's okay. see if you can do it. Okay, so I, I'm kind of stubborn, so don't don't be upset if I still wild card. Oh no no no! Because um, I'm, I'm sure not, you're gonna, gonna have great reasons. I'm not gonna be upset at all. You you do what you want to do. I've, I, oh, also, I, it's worth noting. It's also worth noting. Um, do I have any? Let's see what I have in the bank. Nothing in the bank, and I think I only have one free transfer. I might have two actually. I have two free transfers. So okay. you have, and I can, and I don't mind taking hits. That's the other thing. <laughs> that you should know about me. Don't mind taking hits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was on my application when I submitted it for a queer IFPL. <laughs> That's like your, your like summary at the top. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So here's, here's my thinking. I, I guess if you're thinking about wildcarding now versus wildcarding after game week 12, those, those would be the two places, right? It's like either you wildcard now when it Why doesn't, because you've got the blank game week. Um, mm. And so to me blank game week or, for for some for some teams so city and arsenal are both not playing game week 12 
Oh, oh, okay. That's, oh, that's they're the only two teams. Oh, yeah. okay. So interesting. That, that's the that's the wrinkle here is that the teams that I think you would want to move towards, like maybe getting Arsenal assets, I don't know, um, or one of the teams, some of the teams at least, uh, will have a game week where they're not playing, and Liverpool will have the advantage of playing on that game week. So that is something to keep in mind. And I think if you're kind of thinking about, which maybe you're not, it sounds like maybe you're not thinking about game week 12 or like, that's not well, like now weighing, I am. That's not like weighing heavily in your, in your, in your calculus. Well, I didn't know about it until now. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so there's, that's going to happen where both city and Arsenal will not be playing. And so there's people who have been talking about wild carding ahead of that game week, like on game week 12 for that, for that game week, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they have a team that is playing that that game week, which makes sense. I think it's I think it's foolish because yeah, then you're going to go in with minimal city and minimal arsenal, and then you're screwed for like four game weeks until our next one. So yeah, and so that's why I think that if you have Salah right now, I don't know that going to like a De Bruyne makes a ton of sense at the moment if you're going to if Salah is going to have an extra game week over De Bruyne in the next three weeks um so maybe if you had De Bruyne you would keep him but moving to making the kind of taking the trouble to move from Salah to De Bruyne I don't know makes as much sense as it would normally um and so maybe you do it after that game week, and that's why you would maybe wildcard game week, game week 13 because now you, it's kind of no holds barred. You can get as many and as the City players that you want, you can get the Arsenal players that you want or whatever and not have to deal with that. Um, yeah. But it, it would be nice to have that game week where you have an advantage on most of the, most of the game, basically, by having Liverpool assets still. Um, and if you have to... I mean, Pascal Gross seems like a good choice based on the way Brighton was playing. So you have another midfielder. You don't have to rely on De Silva. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think there's enough value here that I, if I were you, I would probably wildcard game week 13 as opposed to now. Now that would require you maybe writing out a couple of game weeks with a Liverpool team that you don't want to have players on. But I don't yeah. Know. If I wildcarded then, I would have that team for 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, and so then I could weeks. do whatever I want. I would only have it for four weeks. Yeah. So that's the only that's the other thing I'm considering is hmm. So so I guess so knowing knowing this about the, the blank game week for City and Arsenal, would I hate that. That really you, throws a wrench in it. Would you would you wildcard differently? Because I think there's there's nope. total there's a there's an argument to be made that you just do you just ignore that because city assets and arsenal assets are good and that you just kind of take the hit that game week with players who aren't necessarily gonna play. Um, which makes sense to me because then you get the next three game weeks with city players. But yeah. Hmm. Would you be thinking about bringing in like a De Bruyne person or like a Foden or someone like that? Uh, on wildcard? Yeah. Probably. But I wouldn't necessarily. So here's the other thing. Like I have a pretty decent bench at the moment. Like I've got, um, 
I've got Nico Williams, Andreas Pereira, and Josh De Silva all on my bench. Yeah. Surely one of you know a couple of them are going to play, and possibly all three all of those them, are going to yeah. play. So I have players to play in the absence of my city and Arsenal players. Some. Um, and really it would only be four that I would be concerned about. And that's Cancelo and Holland and Jesus and Martinelli Walker. I may end up getting rid of anyway for like Trippier. Yeah. I think, I think if Um, I were you, that's, that would be my number one thing is is bringing Trippier is going from Walker to Trippier if you can. Um, yeah. And then, and then maybe, because I I don't know, maybe things change over the next couple of game weeks, but you'll probably want to move away from Alexander Arnold at some point soon, um, just because there's a lot of value, there's a lot of cash invested in him, and he's not returning a lot. So maybe if the next couple of game weeks don't go well, then you reevaluate. But you also have the extra game week on game week twelve with him. So, um, but I think Walker is probably the priority, the way I see it. Yeah, he might be a priority, but. I also know that these Liverpool assets are just going to plummet in price. Yeah, that's true. That's the other thing I've got to consider. Allison is like a just an absolute terrible pick and goal. Yeah. That Liverpool really screwed me over this season. As like, could you imagine if they're having a normal season? I'd be, you know, I would I would not be in this position of like, yeah, oh yeah, my team is pretty bad at the moment. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. So if I didn't, if I didn't wild card, what would your moves be? Um, would you only do two free transfers? Would you do more to take a hit to like really beef it up? Um, if I, yeah, because I kind of have an idea of maybe like where I would go, and it would be similar to your team as far as like who I would be bringing in to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to on a wild card. Um, probably some differences there, but, um, but I don't really know like what I would do if I didn't wild card. Um, I don't know who necessarily who I would bring in Trippier, I think would be an obvious pick. Or you could get Um, rid of Allison this week. Because Lester, Lester have Bournemouth this week. So is Ward playing? Ward's playing, right? Yeah, he, he got eight points this past game week. <laughs> Good for him. Um, that's true. So you you have some, like, transition time there if you need it. And then they've got Wolves. So they've got two. Oh, wait, sorry. No, yeah. they don't have Wolves next. They have um, Bournemouth and then Crystal Palace. Um, so, I mean, if you could, okay. if you could switch out Allison and Walker – those would be the two places I would want to move away from. You could take value out of the Allison position, maybe go with Allison to a 4.0, a 4.0 or the backup to Ward, do Ward Iverson. Ward, and I, I mean, spend 8 million in goalie with, a, I don't know. with Lester. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, if I could, I could do that. And then if I'm not wild carding, I wild card in a little bit. I only do it for so long. I don't know. Seems here's, bad, but here's the here's the the counter argument that I think, which is that so, so, lot, sorry, go ahead. So you're so you so you would only do two picks and it would be getting rid of Allison and trading Walker for Trippier? 
Yes, I would make incremental changes. And you like changes. the rest of my I would, yeah, I would make incremental changes with an eye to game week 12 and then after game week 12, wild card. Okay. If that makes sense. But so the, the counter argument to that would be, and this is a very strong counter argument, I think, that the wild card is as much a psychological boost as it is a, uh, <laughs> a player boost, right? Yeah. Like a points boost. And I get a very clear sense that you're not excited about your team. And the wild card is a very easy way to like for that to be the case and to have like fun with the game. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, um, you're playing therapist too. Wow. You, you know um, what I mean? I, I totally feel that. Yes. Like, I don't think wild cards really help me honestly that much as much as I think they do, but they in my mind are like a total restart, a chance for everything to be great, you know? So yeah, there's that. Yeah, that's true. I might need the rejuvenation. And um, and, and there's a there's a distinct possibility that I'm overselling the importance of that game week twelve blank for City and Arsenal. You know, yeah, that could that could be just not something that you need to worry about. That you know, it because yeah. you know Liverpool are bad they could just lose that game anyway. Everyone is going to be dealing with the same problem because most people have already wild carded anyway. True. That's what I'm. That's another thing I'm thinking now. I've already used my free hit, and other people haven't. So okay. So people may free hit during that game week as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a very tough decision. I think. Um, who do you think my priorities are for bringing in? Um, just overall, like if you had, like looking at my team, Trippier obviously is up there. We talked about it. But are there any other priorities that you're like? this guy would be an immediate upgrade. Um, I mean, I do think that Sala to De Bruyne, or s- I think switching out your Trippier, because the problem with Trippier is not that he's bad. It's that he's an injury threat currently, and he's preventing you from getting another Man City attacking asset, right? Oh, Walker, Walker. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Walker. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a prevent. He's, he's a block to that happening. And right. so... I would, if I were you right now, I would be looking to bring in a, another Man City attacker as opposed to that Man City defender. Um, whether that is Foden or De Bruyne, I would go for one of those two. Probably Foden, honestly. I could do... Um, let's see if I can do this. Because here's the, here's the thing that... Here's the thing about the the whole... Foden De Bruyne situation. I don't know if this argument is sound, but it is at least partially convincing. Uh, Manchester City score six goals, which is as many goals as you would expect them to ever score in a game. And De Bruyne only gets two assists. Right. And he doesn't, and he doesn't score. Not that that's going to be the case every time they score a lot of goals, but it is significant, I think, that even though he was integral to that win, that didn't translate into Buku fantasy points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is he is he worth the $4 million extra over a Foden? If Foden is, looks like he's going to be starting regularly? I don't know. Maybe not. You know what I could do? I could do like... 
Let's see. See if I did this, if this would work. How much is Foden? Oh yeah, no, that's not eight eight point one, I think. Jeez. I know. I think it would have to be Salah that gets the boot if I do that. And at that point, might as well go to Bruyne. And if and if you're if you're gonna get rid of here's the thing, Evan. If you're gonna get rid of Salah, then you should just wild card. That's maybe like you think that's really. that's maybe the center, the centerpiece of this. Why? Because the advantage of keeping Salah is in having him that extra game week, game week 12. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think I mean, there's much of an argument for him being better than So even it. if I just went Walker to Trippier and Salah to De Bruyne? Oh, maybe. I mean, that basically... I guess it's a question of who you would bring in on the wild card, right? It's would your wild card then be like significantly different than that team? Oh yeah. Because the maybe not. Maybe, probably maybe, be that, different. maybe that gets you most of the way that a wild card would get you. I'm not sure. I mean, here's the thing. Most people are going to be going to Bruyne to Salah for that game week, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I could just. In that game, we could go back from De Bruyne to Salah. That would lose you a little cash, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, but actually, I don't mind that because then I'll have something like I'll probably start Ward instead of Allison and then have James, Alexander-Arnold, Trippier, and Cancelo in the back, Martinelli, Gross, De Bruyne in midfield, and then Jesus, Mitrovic, Holland. Which is assuming very, Mitro- very assuming. Strong. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I'm still not convinced of Pascal Gross, but um, like that's where I want to go. Like James Ward Prowse or James Madison or um, something so, like that. So Gross is Gross is three, or I'm sorry, six. Um, he only yeah, well, I have to sell him for five six, nine. Right, he only played sixty four minutes. Um, yeah. Would you? Is there a way you could upgrade him to Trossard? Because Trossard is is a significantly better choice from Brighton. Yeah, so but that's I don't maybe even know that I want to stick with Brighton. Yeah. I, I I still think that they're kind of. I I mean they did well against Liverpool, but Liverpool have been bad, so I don't really know how they're going to do against Spurs and Brentford, um, coming up. So true. I don't know. A lot to think about. This is fun. This is fun. This is I haven't really thought about it like this for a while um i've just kind of been avoiding it so this was good to like get the kick those gears in motion you've given me a lot to think about i think um, i think after our conversation i might be coming down a little bit more on the wild card side than not but really see now i'm going the opposite way <laughs> you've done a good job taylor Hare. wow yikes um that's no. okay this is this is the life of a fantasy manager did i tell you i saw a um I saw in a thrift store. I saw a, um, I saw two mugs at the same time, uh, one of a soccer ball, and then another one um, that said uh, something about fantasy. I'm a fantasy football manager. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's about fantasy football as in uh, American football, but um, I just thought it was funny that that's amazing. I could I could get that, and it'd be more like for this um i wasn't gonna get it because my wife's a potter and i would <laughs> never bring home uh ceramics from the thrift store so i bought ceramics at the thrift store 
Oh yeah, no, 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 no shame. They're fun. Um, but I will say my laptop's about to die, so we oh, might need nice. to cut this real short. Cool. Uh, all right, uh, oh. listeners, thanks for joining. Evan, thanks for talking. Um, Did you have anything more? else? Any? Uh, no. That was the end of I our. That was the end of our itinerary. Great. All right. Um, well, then we should probably just cut it off in mid-conversation, since that's how we started this podcast, right? Uh, I think. <laughs>